Born on the streets of the South Bronx by reinterpreting the sacred songs that disco, R&B, rock, reggae, and every style in between had left us. The DJs would emphasize a certain musical quote from each song by repeating it, like a good Catholic would their Hail Marys, one rosary beat at a time. Like a Buddhist looping a mantra while meditating, the DJ captured a repetition to set the tone. It created the mood and locked in the rhythm that inspired sacred dances that would form circles like we did as hunter-gatherers around a fire thousands of years ago. As each person expressed themselves by breaking, their spirit called out to the divine within each of us, awakening a power from within. While our ancestors wrote their mathematics and stories on rock formations, hip-hop took the moving trains to paint them with its religious maps of the time. Inside the trains, you'd get to a geographic location, but outside of them, you'd be transported into another realm of imagination. And its guru, the MC, called upon the people to throw their hands in the air, to get down, and to rock the house. This was the congregation that the South Bronx built, hip-hop. Our guest is a hip-hop producer who digs through crates of vinyl to transform certain loops into mantras that are then infused with lyrics to create new songs that reinterpret the old ones, making them eternal soundtracks to the hip-hop religion. I am excited to have one of my inspirations, Buck Wild, on the show today. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Bless you. Welcome. Welcome. You know, 
your inspiration also, B. You know, yeah. you understand, like, and, and I say this, like, I've known you in passing and everything for quite a while, but with me, which I thought was really dope, and even, you know, some people you were surrounded with, no matter who was the people around, you always had, like, a good energy, and it's like you had this glow with you in, in your spirit, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't the same as everyone else, so... I was like, you can you can see the goodness in the person, and it's like that's why even when I when I look at it, you know, even coming in a game, like the first thing, the first how can I say, the the first act of kindness that I had done for for me was was by showbiz and show her my beats, and it's like he took them around and he sold some of my beats to Flavor Unit. Wow. So that became like my foundation of how I interact with people. So if if it's a if it's something that's there, like you know, like I'll give you an example. Um, Austin is from Heat Bakers. He's one of my guys. Before I even met him, and we became cool. Um, we were at an industry party in Sony. No, we weren't in Sony Studios. I forgot what studio we was in. And um, I got a call to go in and play beats for Ti. And we was hanging out, kicking it. And I just told him, like, yo, you got a beat tape on me. Why don't you just come with me? And he's like, yo, well, you know, how I'm going to go with you? Like, it's your meeting. It's like, you know, this is your stage for you to try to sell beats. And I'm like, well, you know, if he doesn't pick one of mine, he picks one of yours. At least we have a door that's open. You know, and that was always kind of like my style. Like, I can't say that I helped everybody, but I, I will always try to crack a door open or have a random act of kindness towards somewhere else because I've always believed like in this business of hip hop, it's enough in it to feed everybody, you know? And it, maybe if everybody thought the same way, it's like the world would be different. You know, it wouldn't be people saying, hey, you know, I just want to make a billion and it's like they got these dreams and aspirations. But even if you are being that type of person, I believe that you still can do those things because it's more than enough for everybody. And if everybody went you know, in the same fashion, I think mentally it will help a lot of us. And spiritually, like even with being kind and it's like, you know, treating people a certain way, I believe the spirit will be fed too because then it's like that good, it, it will feed into them. And it's like in doing something, do a random act of kindness, it feeds your soul and it makes you happy and it, it fulfills you just as much as if you accomplish something for yourself. Yeah, listen, that's the... That's the perfect way to start because, I mean, content content, you know, we 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 go into like uh, religious, philosophical, what's good, what's bad, what makes you happy, um, you know, mindfulness. We go across everything. And that was a beautiful way to open up because, you know, you take the business and then you also look at the same time uh, of what you're saying. And, man, it's so true. You know, I I um, I mean, my circle was pretty tough. <laughs> I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. And there, there was hardly any of that. So I didn't, I think it's beautiful that you had like a someone who opened the gate, like showbiz, yeah. because it sort of set an example. And I think the examples that we have and the, the people who kind of mentor us, yeah, for better or worse, it really does condition us to how we're going to behave because it, it makes that, it normalizes that behavior and it makes you believe that's how you get ahead because this is how they got ahead. Even if you disagree with it, and I gotta admit it, for for a time I I was a little bit trapped in that. 
But I do want to say something. And and the reason I started with that beat from Rock On that you that you produce. Yeah. Is I mean, first of all, I don't know how many people even know of that beat, you know, but because I mean, you've got gigantic records, you know, that you've produced. I mean, like, you know, like Time's Up, you know, Woe and many, many others. And for me, that's the, my favorite Buck Wild beat. And I'll tell you why. Because at that time, I was really honing my skills. And I was really trying to figure out how, you know, the way the drums uh, sound smooth, they don't sound choppy, everything goes together. The way you put that hi-hat up there, pretty, you, you kind of tweaked it a little bit extra to make it the glue. All those little things. Yes, sir. I played that instrumental. I kid you not religiously for months I appreciate for months that. i it i know that beat so well it was like the the swing the everything about that i would just play it just the instrumental and it was like before i started working on beats like you know for the day let's say yeah i was gonna listen to that because i felt like that was at that moment in time it was crafted so well to me and it showed it showed the it had feeling, the loop, it, it just, you know, uh, it, I don't know, it was just magnificent to me as a, as a producer trying to figure things out. You know, I would listen to that a lot, Pete Rock, you know, other other, other producers that were really strong at that moment. Yeah. And um, But you, I, I definitely paid attention to you with, with OC because when you did um, Time's Up, my goodness. I mean, that was like, and, and the crazy thing about that was, the fact that you, you didn't put drums on it, not heavy drums. And you were such you were such an excellent drum programmer. And to have the the like awareness to hear that loop and just be like, that's it. Minimalist. That is that is something that is super underestimated in production. That to know when to stop. And well, I see a lot of people get caught up in that and you just and that blew me away because that was not normal back then, Buck. No, nah, it was not normal. Like to make a beat without drums, it blew my mind. I mean, later on we had like, you know, Ghostface with Mary. Like a, a lot of a lot of people start doing. You know, RZA did it a ton, but at that moment when when OC came out, it was like a highlight to me. Like, yo, he put no drums on there, I and think it was fire. To us, what we did is we tried to mimic like the people who who do play. Like you guys play your make records, so when you look at it, we have to construct around a sample the same way you guys construct around a melody or something that you play. And I think that that's, that's the genius of it. Because looking at it, anyone who could play, even if you could play by ear, if you could play just simple things, it's still genius because it's like when I look at it, I'd be like, damn, you know, people say, oh, you know, you could play, anybody could play. But thinking about it, think of all the people who really can't play. Or, could, or who can put a beat together from scratch with nothing, with just the, what's in their mind and, you know, mm -hmm. and the sounds yeah. that they have in a keyboard, et cetera. And even, like, like I say, like, looking at DMX albums, like, especially the second one, like, even though that was the birth of Swiss, but, like, everybody I had around, PK, PK was heavy into, you know, playing his own stuff. Grease was just dabbling into that. He was playing his own stuff. I thought it was like genius because it's like everybody I knew was sampling. And it's like, I'm like, wow, you know, these guys are using the Triton for real. Not just using yeah. the Triton yeah. and programming certain things, but 
they walking in with just a Triton and maybe a three thousand and yeah, they making super platinum records. And I, I thought it was genius. And so it it showed me in hip hop that everyone has like a superpower. So whether if, if it's for me, if I use my ears to do something, you know, you guys play. Somebody else can program it, you know, drums to the T. You know, somebody else can play on top of things, you know, very intricate. Like, I believe in music, everyone has a superpower. And, yeah. like, almost everyone I've met, I've been around that I didn't meet. I've been a fan of so many people because of their talent and what they do. It's like, it makes me want to be good and great at some things I do. Not, and, and I know, even for me, like, early, it's like, it's my ears and how I hear things because... Ever since a kid, like maybe five to seven years old, I've been playing with records, playing records, listening to records, finding certain parts and, you know, hearing the park jams, you know, like that at a young age and mm -hmm. how they found the breaks that they were cut up there. I just tried to emulate what was in front of me. And being that that's one thing I was into, I used that. And it's like, and, you know, it's a God-given gift and it's like, Looking at it, I was blessed to be in a time where it's like I had both of my sisters who were avid record collectors and they had a a vast array of records in their collection of from soul, jazz, funk, everything. And when they would play when they would play records, and my sister tells me, like, yo, you know, your favorite record was like a whatnots record, you'd always walk around the house with this record. I don't remember it, but I'm like, wow, you know, this record that she's talking about is a rare record. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Maybe this is what Maybe this is where I get it from. You know, some things you're born with, yeah. it's like you come into it. You know, some people are like, yo, you know, I was playing, you know, the keyboard, the drums since an early age. Me, I've been this record person, listening to records, DJing since a super young age. So, I, you know, for the love of the music and the melodies and the intricacies of everything and being an admirer of, you know, what people can do, what people can do and I can't. I think to me, it's like that appreciation also is what propels me to do what I do. Because when I hear a person play, no matter what level they are and what they do, I'll look and I'll be like, okay, when I make my beat, I like how you did with your hi-hats there. I'm going to emulate that and I'm going to put that in there like that. The way, you, the way you're playing your drum, I'm going to see if I could program my drums like that. You know, because it's like this is live and it's like I have a sample, but I want to be able to take the drums that I'm going to program and make them feel like they're inside of the sample like that's what the the new composition is yeah so I always gave it up to you know everyone who play so what would you say was there a moment like a specific experience that kind of made you love hip-hop that you know just something uh impactful in your life or or even if it was as a kid you know like walking around with that record or a certain park jam or a certain concert or anything like that? Well, I think to me, I could narrow it down really to one album. And that's the album. I think it's it's either Follow the Leader or Paid in Full. But I do mm -hmm. know. And I'm not sure who did it, who did the production. I, I, I heard it's Marley. But when I'm hearing these records and how they sampling and how they replay certain things like Microphone Fiend and even, you know, Eric B for president, and that's what gave me, like, wow, you know, I want to do this, you know, because yeah, some of the records that they did, like, I know you got Soul and a couple of others, I was like, wow, you know, I have those records. That means if I mix two records together, <laughs> I can produce, and that's where I first got the first idea. 
and always had that. It's like, and always listen. Matter of fact, I know what that is. That is unfollowed um, leader album. That was the one that made me be like, here's your calling right here. You just gotta find yourself. You know, wow. that made me want that made me want to do it. You know, Tom went on and it's like, you know, I, I didn't really know nobody until I started making tapes when I got out of high school and I met Law Finesse. He was making mixtapes too. When I met Finesse, mm. started DJ Finesse and went on tour with him. And that was the start of everything. And and that one time everything, you know, just clicked at once and it's like that was that was it. And everything came to be. I went on tour. Um, I met OC, I met Organized Confusion, I met Biz. I, we came home and I cut OC demos because I just started making beats. And he liked my beats, he didn't have to like them, but it's like he was the blessing that was nestled inside of that tour because that was my start. And that was, yeah. um, that was the one angel or the person that was the gift that put me on a path to doing what I wanted to do. And I always knew even like before even really making beats, like when I first heard OC and Organized Confusion, I was like, I want to work with OC. He's really dope. And then come to find out he was on the tour, met him and we clicked, we came home and that was word life. Yeah, that so, was magic. You did most of that album, if I'm yeah. correct, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's a blessing because looking at it, like, you know, the universe puts everything where you need you need where you need it to be. And when you follow that path, it's like you could be on the right path, or it's like it could put you on the path to take a different path. And long as you follow that and you stick with you, and it's like if you try to be a good person, and that's the one thing I always tried to do, and everything was like just magically there. Or after time's up, is I just produced like a ton of records that came out. Like, you know, like it was meant for me. Like someone was like, hey, you know, well, here, do this. Yeah, I remember. I mean, you were remixing like crazy also, not just producing tracks, but you were doing quite a few remixes too. Yeah, it's like I was by trade a DJ. So when I was doing mixtapes, I would take other records acapellas and I would mix them with records. And then when I started making beats, I would take um like the instrumentals. Like I had the, the sample that Brand Nubian used for Awful Month. And I would mix acapellas with that. And it's like, then sometimes I would make my own beat. I had another tape where, and you know, I remember Finesse had a little disagreement with Laws of the Underground and I did a mixtape and he rhymed on it. And I made the beat for that. And that tape kind of went platinum. And I was like, wow, you know, I made this beat. Everyone who's hearing this freestyle from Finesse is loving it. And I was like, yo, I could really do this. Thing. Like I said, when on Slow Store came back and that was everything there, you know? Yeah that's isn't it it is fascinating like one when one certain thing can kind of just be like a domino effect and just kind of yeah. open up so many other doors and like you said it could just put you on that path you know it does and it's like looking at it i tell people like yo man the more that you chase wanting to be that i think if you just prepare yourself that's what helps you more and also, I think it's also who you are. Because even making, I try to, like I say, being being good. Like I always, for me, the one thing, and I, I met a lot of people, I met a lot of righteous people. Where it's like people who don't mind putting other people in the position. So that's why even when we spoke before, like we was talking about, you know, coming up and like the type of people we're around. 
meeting a lot of people, it was really great. Like one dude who was really dope meeting also was Buster. Like I met Buster working with artifacts and these people like spiritually, like they're great people, they're con people. And sometimes being an artist, like the world could get the best of you because everybody's pulling at you. They want something for you, from you. And it's like you have your personal life and your personal life isn't, per isn't personal anymore. You are like an open book to millions of people who are around you. Yeah. And yeah. when you want to have your time, people are, hey, you know, can I get an autograph? Can I take a picture? Can I do this? And can I do that? And seeing, you know, my peers, like even, like I say, bustling them and seeing what it would do to them. That's 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 definitely what it did, you know. Yeah. And I was like, "Yo, you know, that's kind of crazy." I wish. I'm glad I didn't have to go through that, but also for him being Buster, and it's like, you know, I believe when you do are successful because you give the people the gift, which is you, and they feel like that they have a piece of you all the time because they spend their money. Yeah. What. I can second everything you said about Buster because one of one of the most fun things I ever did as a producer was go yeah. play beats for Buster um, and hang out with, with him because his energy is off the scale. It's always good vibe. And he and and the way he reacts to like if he if he likes one of your beats, the reaction is just like it is like it's better than like anything. I you know, he would, he, he would be like, shock, you stupid. What's wrong with you, Shock? What what was you thinking? Like he would just and then he would just like put it mad loud and he he'd call like everybody from the from the you know the waiting room and you know like in the lounge. He'd be like, yo, you gotta like, do it. He's like, yo, you about to give birth to something here, Shock. What is you know, like he would just go crazy. And That's that was so cool, man. That energy. And um, I actually got a question here from somebody uh says, What up, fellas? Happy New Year's, Buck. Out of all the legends you work with, which experience can you remember that made you grind harder? Um, well, it's, it's, I, I think it's a few people. One of them I have to say is um, Red High Love Atone from Trackmasters hmm. because it was the time Trackmasters was producing everything. Yeah, I remember and that. Another one is Dida Angeletti. Because remember, he was producing all the bad boy records, regardless of it was somebody else's beat or not. Yeah. And he also gave me insight into certain things as being a producer, like even sampling the type of beats that you have. Like, it's a time for it sometimes. Like, you know, you can make something and it's light years ahead of where people are at and what they're doing. But to you as a producer, it sounds dope. And meanwhile, in a race, it's like, they can't rap to it or sing to it because it's so far going ahead, you know. And yeah, uh, I had to learn that too. That was a hard lesson. Yeah, it's, it's a tough lesson. And the other one I would have to say is Biggie. Biggie broke certain things down and made it simple to understand. And I used to always tell people, like, yo, he's one person, he's a producer in his own right. Because, like, he would always tell me, like, yo, you're making these beats. And I don't know if Dita got that from him. You got some really dope beats, but you got nothing I can run to. And then when he was doing Life After Death and I, he wanted a beat tape, he's like, okay, now you're on my vibe. And it's like, he pulled, like, this is right before he passed away, too. Like, he pulled off so many beats from this tape. Oh, these three is for Kim, these three is for C's, and this is for this. And I got one more. I'm going to try to do this record also before we wrap up the album. 
and then he passed wow. away. Like it was a sad time, but as a person, even as an artist, it's like I think even like that, like Buster was like that. Buster's a very encouraging person. Um, Biggie definitely was, and it's like you don't see too many people who really care enough to make you be like, okay, yo, you can do this, and giving you confidence and teaching you the little they know or the most that they know and put you in a good position. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know, man, like I say, for him, he's like a producer. He had the, I seen him take other people's records and tell them what he want out of it so he could make his song. And then I seen him like, okay, uh, we've all heard the references like, you know, Queen, Queen Bitch, and a few other joints, you know, play uh -huh. example. For you to write that for someone else and also construct the beat, take what you like with it and what you don't, that is a producer's job. Yeah. So when I look at Big, that's what I say, and people are like, yo, he's like the ultimate artist. I've never seen another artist. That's why when people say who's the greatest, you know, we always say Biggie because looking at it, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, I work with almost everyone, and there's no one that I, I've ever worked with who can come and sit at the board and tell them what they like is in the beat and what they don't really like and how we can make the song better like he does, you know? And every artist is like, I don't know, we've had a lot of great artists, you know, in hip hop at this time. And I think a lot of them, they know, like even to me, I, I, I never work with X, but I hear X and it's like, it makes me feel like he's like being a speaker. He knows how to control his voice in the booth. And he knows how to make himself sound right the way he needs to. So no one can tell him, like, oh, you know, yeah, you're not saying this right. Because yeah. he knows, like, okay, I'm in a booth. I need to stand about maybe eight or nine feet away from the mic. So because I'm going to project my voice. And when I project it, it's going to make it, it's going to give it this incredibly hungry sound. And it's going to be strong. And it's like, you're going to feel it. And you're going to, importantly, you're going to feel the pain. Those artists like that, even in today, they don't really exist like that because no one knows how to control themselves like that where it's like they know what they need to sound like how they need to rap how they need to project their voice and you know i think you know it's it, like i said it's a few that's you know just incredible and like big was one of them you know all this is i've seen people and i've been there and i've seen some things and I, i've seen him do the rain man thing where it's like he walks in the booth and he just listens to the record and then they like, yo, big, we got to get this first verse done. Oh, I'm ready. Turn my mic on. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. write nothing down. I was writing. Don't worry about it. You know? Incredible. Yeah. You know? We, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few like that. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. We were in the time, and, you know, I tell people this now, it was special. So people always say the 90s is, is the golden era. 2000s was, you know, that was the birth of a whole nother era because when you look at it for like um cameron dmx and all these guys it was like two thousand artists these guys came after the dudes were in the 90s like nas and the rest of these cats and it's like they brought a whole nother gift to people with with and hip-hop you know so they raised it up and I thought even with that, that's incredible. It's like, what a time to be alive. Yeah, because 2000s, late 90s, 2000s was crazy. Yeah, looking at it. Sales yeah. were just insane. That was the time of the big budgets. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 
you want a budget? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna sign you. We're gonna pay you two million. Yeah, that's how they were. Ten million. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a lot of it was a lot of record sales. But I believe, like when you took away the spirit of the people who were making records, or even those type of artists, you took away these these special albums. Like when you think about it, Outkast got better as they went along. And by the time they had what their fourth album, third, fourth, or fifth album, they were diamond. Yeah. Usually, the artist goes down. These guys were going up. Yeah, they were. So, they were just getting better and better, growing. Yeah. So it shows you, like, the artistic value of people and what they really, how they seen themselves. So when you look at like Jimi Hendrix and you know all of these people, James Brown and the rest, who were great before hip hop. That's who these guys kind of became because it's like every album, I believe most people would just like, I've experienced this working with O, you know, working even with G-Rap. A lot of people, they want to get better as the albums go along. And like I said, in the 90s and 2000s, it was incredible feats. When I was watching the Rough Riders thing on BT, and it's like, it, it brought back a memory where it's like, you know, DMX sold 4 million two times in, um, what was that, 99, 2000, one of those years? His first it was year? Uh, 98. 98. Yeah. How do you sell 8 million records on two albums in the same year? Yeah, that was crazy. It's phenomenal. And it's like when you look at it, that's why I say sometimes it's like, yo, what a time to be alive. And the music was good all around. Like it was a, there hardly was any bad music, but there was a ton of good music and it was very good spirits floating around. Because for me, going to talk to people in their sessions, I could feel it, you know, you could feel the energy when you walk in. It was a lot of good people. It was a lot of people who were happy. They just wanted to see other people make it. They were doing features together. Remember like DMX Cameron, um, what's his name? Um Cannabis and all these guys and Nori and them, they all were like oh, yeah. And yeah, that's that what I mean. When you have that, it's like, hey, you know, we're all friends, we're good friends. So if you look at it, they took something and they like, yo, you know what? Even though we're doing music, but it's like being in high school. If we're if we're in high school, even college, and, and we're going to graduate from this, we're going to graduate together, and we're going to have a great life. And you could see the camaraderie with people, you know, as they were doing what they were doing. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, so we're gonna dig in a little bit here. Like the first half, we we went into music and stuff. So we're gonna dig in, like I guess, on the second half here. So. What what would you say is your your like religious and spiritual background? Because I mean, you're you're talking a lot about goodness, about uh, you felt like like the universe sort of lined up, and and as you were doing things, doors open. What is your religious background like growing up and everything? Well, my mom is, is was very super religious. You know, going to church, even when people felt even when people felt like yo, it's no church today. We all know churches on Sunday. Like, it, it wasn't really for me. Like, I used to think, like, me and my cousin used to always think, like, yo, well, we go to church every day. They pass mm -hmm. this basket around three times. Why we got to get them all our money? <laughs> and we, we kind of felt that way. But then, again, another part of us, like, yo, you don't have to go to church to feel like, you know, the spirit. And it's like, and be a good person. So we would try to just be good people that way. And it's like. When I got into music and I seen, even though it was it was a lot of smart people, a lot of spiritual people, a lot of people in different walks of life, like, you know, like I said, we, we spoke, you know, we experienced some things, like, when we, was talk, when we was talking, there were more good people that I experienced in music 
then there were people who were bad. And I know even because a lot of people who were street people who didn't want to be street people, and this is this is a different side too. Like they were good, like they were good to the heart. Like even though they done these terrible, terrible things, they still were like, y'all want to do some goodness. Yo, I'm doing this over here. Oh, you doing music? Like I have these guys signed to me. You know, they have these machines, yeah. but I have an extra one. If you want this machine, you know, here, you know, you can borrow this and you can shape your craft. And you know, there were people like that. So meeting a lot of kind people who were either who made it or who, who either was trying to make it, it influenced me because it's like, yo, you know what? In this world, you can be a good person. And we've always heard the things like, yo, you get what you put out, you get the same energy that you put the, that you put in, you get the same energy out. You know, whatever you do with people, that karma is always going to come around. And looking at things, me seeing the karma that I was getting, I was like, yo, I've seen a lot of good things happen for me. So let me kind of pay this forward. Like I said, for sure to take my beat tape around. And, you know, the songs didn't make Fox album, Flavor Unit had another agenda. But if I would have got paid for paid for that, he would have got me my first check. And he didn't have to do that. I just woke up to a call when he was like, yo, you know, yo, I was with Freddie Fox last night. I played him your beat tape and he picked these four. And I was like, wow, in my mind, I'm like, yo, you didn't have to do that. You know, you could have been in your session like, oh, you know, it's whatever. So for me, when I would go out and do things for people, whether if it's like, yo, you know, well, this one is here. I would bring people to my sessions and like let them play beats where it's like the other people, like even beat mine and a few other people, they'd be like, damn, you know, I was trying to play some beats for OC. I've been trying to catch up. Well, we're in battery tonight. Come by. Give you the platform. My man OG, he's he always used to be with me. He's on Pun's album too. When he gave up, I was telling him, bring me the beat tape. And I would sit there and play it for Pun in Minnesota. I seen him, he called me, like, yo, you know, Pun did OG record last night. They always it came out crazy. And I'm like, yeah. And it's like when I called OG and I told him, he was like, yo, that's dope. And it's just a matter of like, yo, sometimes you can look out for people. I know you can't do it for everybody, but the chosen ones that you do. I believe that they'll take it and pay it forward too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I love that, man. So, like, I was thinking when I when I was, you know, getting ready for the show, I started to think about like hip hop, and I and I kind of read something in the intro, and I started to think about you know because on on content content we we talk about sacred texts, we talk about you know rituals, and then I started to really think about that in the context of hip hop and. How we, you know, even even you, you know, digging through the crates, and and I saw the post you put today. You were you said you're trying to get back to the feeling or something like that. You were in the store. What a feeling! So so there's this feeling, and then and and even taking records and looping them and and taking a certain piece, even that, you know, it makes me think of you know when when people take the the Holy Rosary, you know, Catholics, and they repeat uh, a certain prayer over and over on each rosary. When when Buddhists meditate and they say a mantra over and over, and 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 then even even us within as producers sometimes we'll take a like a quote from another rapper and we'll put that and use it as a hook yeah. in another song. So th there's so much, uh, and th and then I started to even think about sort of like the ceremony of it. Of you know you go into even you think of the early days of hip hop. You know you go into uh, a a jam and then they start breaking and then they open up a circle. It shows, it, it makes me think of the early religion, you know, 
from from our ancestors of the circle, the fire, the dancing, the expressive, you know, like this this early early type of religion, and almost and I feel like all this, hmm? almost like ceremonial. Yeah, like ceremonial. So so you know they open up the circle. You know if you think about it, you you, you I'm sure you've seen it. You know they'll even take somebody and swing them around if the club is too crowded. Yeah. To, to break it open. And and then they'll start breaking and and I thought of all these elements, even the art, you know, when you think of uh, the art that they would put on on the subways, you know, and and how the way they would do it, it actually reminds me of a lot of native. They call them maps, like in, in Native American, uh, you know, way back the way they would put things on on the stones. Yeah, they call them maps because it's it's like it's sort of a spiritual map of what that area represents. And I feel like those those murals, a lot of times when you look at it, it's like a spiritual map of hip hop because you have someone like this with a hat to the side. That's kind of like over here. Then you have someone maybe dancing. You have some a, a box for the music. And it's sort of this map of what hip hop is. And I'm saying all that to kind of lead into you made an album called Hip Hop is My Religion. And I'd like to for you to kind of share what what that means to you like uh what made you kind of come up with that title and what what exactly does that mean to you well we know religion is a way of life what you believe in spiritually how you go about it makes you who you are like i believe even with it like um with music music has made me everything i am today because looking at it like um it gave me everything I am. It's like, it taught me how to be positive. It taught me how to be, you know, spiritual. Like, I'm not saying I'm this spiritual person like that. But it's so, like, I, the gift of music, man, because even when you're listening to records, there's so many people who've made records. It's hard to really find any one record or anything that can define one person. But the gift mm -hmm. of music, the um, what you can take from the lyrics... And what you can take and it's like, and you can embed inside of your mind and you let that seep into your soul. Sometimes people don't understand it because even in hip hop, we have, um, like I say, when you sample, you can sample anything. So even sampling gospel, you know, I remember um, Joe had this record, the way the LES did for him, and he sampled a gospel record. And it's like, when you listen to the original tune, like, it's just phenomenal. Just listening to the words. It's like, Lord, please have mercy on me. You know, and it's like listening listening to it. Like, musically, it moves you. It moves me. And even hearing the words, it moves me also. So when I listen, it's like, yo, the gift of music, and I said this, it's like, it's the greatest gift that you can never give someone. Because, like I say, um, we get taught things in school. But even, like I say, through, you know, growing up in the South Bronx and rapper, hearing rappers, the birth of hip-hop, you know, and all of this, and becoming em embedded in it, like, I've learned so much, so much about different cultures, so much different people, you know, when you're hearing things, it's like, okay, these guys are rapping, and they're from Aust Australia, well, they're doing it in English, but even Africa, Asia, wherever it's from. You can feel what they're saying, but mm -hmm. the music is the one thing that nestles it into making it acceptable for everybody. So 
Yeah. I think that, man. That's why I say it. It's this. It gives you the feel. So even like, in, and I've done records for people like you know in Japan and Europe, you know different countries over there. And listening, it's like you can feel. I, I can feel the energy, and it's like when people hear it, they say the same thing, y'all. I can um, feel the energy in the record from what's he rapping about, and they have translating telling what he's rapping. It's like wow, man, that sounds really powerful right now. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, I, I, I obviously love music, you know, and and um, it, it is incredible to me that you, you music. I've come to see it as sort of a language and it's a, it's a, a language that doesn't use words. Universal, that's what they would call yeah, it. It's universal and it, it just cuts across everything and it, it sort of speaks without speaking and it just it hits you right here you know like in, in your in your soul in your heart and it's really it is special you know and and i think that uh i guess that it makes sense why why um a lot of people just it get kind of sucked into music because it just it's it's so hard to resist and then making it you know like for me too because i'm i'm writing sort of a a story um about myself and just just like for therapy or whatever and I realized that the first religion for me really was hip hop. And that's why it intrigued me so much when, when I, when I saw that your album title was that, because it really was, you know, I didn't, I was a kid when, when I, it was, it was magical when I saw, you know, like my, my brother come over uh, and, and he started breaking with his friends and they put baby powder down in the, in the, on the floor in the living room and they put the music on. And then my sisters would talk about the, the, the club and, or, or so-and-so battled somebody. And and it was just like the energy was just tremendous. I think and you that, all came from that where it's like you look at it and it's like, and you find something that you want to do, you want to experience. Yeah, and exactly. And that experience, man, is, is the greatest feeling. Like really, like I say, for me, my early on is like, you know, even here Run DMC, you know, like I say, that, that I love the, the first album. But to me, the first thing that really made me really love hip hop definitely was um, Follow the Leader album, you know, and um, Rakim first album. First of all, even with Ross, like he has this way of speaking to us where it's like he raps like he, he almost raps in a way like, and how can I put this? It's not commanding, but he's mm -hmm. like, Yo, I need you to listen to what I'm saying. And when you listen, yeah. to you're going to get this jewel from me. He's you know? tricky because he 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 rhymes like this, like, but it's just like so confident. It's the content is insane. The the word everything is just it's just so much, and he just says it in such a confident. It's it's hard to grasp. It's just like he, you know, and I think that that's probably why you know he's he's number one on my list, and he's probably number one on a lot of people's lists. Oh, um, sure. and the Harrowman Buster album still sounding great is amazing. Yeah, that you know? was incredible too. Like for me, like he was always number one with um the artists, and the Bomb Squad was always number one with production. Yeah, and no one really gives them their due, but Harry, they, they, the music they made even with Chuck D was just so powerful, and to have it where it's like even like Harris one where it's like you're teaching people about something social consciousness and it's like and people can dance with it at the same time and it's yeah. like and you can have hit records it shows you the the power of the people in the voice you, you know, know 
the bomb squad is is really something because they they don't get the credit and you know and I I've actually had the privilege to have conversation with with Hank Shockley and and it's crazy and I was you know because I noticed all these things in the production people just don't realize how difficult it is to layer the amount of loops <laughs> that they would at that time with the way the technology was. So I was asking, I was like, how the hell did you do that? You know, he was telling me some of the tricks they would do stuff with the reel and, but everything worked. You, I mean, if you really analyze some of the production, there's like three, four drum loops, you know, like four or five loops, a bunch of loops on top of each other. Yeah. How do you even like, you know, you know, and you, and you DJ too, like, like I have, you know, sometimes you, you, you're doing like a four track and you're trying to, you know, you put it this beat, you put that on top and you're like, and at a certain point it's like, wait, this is getting too crazy. This is not, this doesn't sound good anymore, but they would just, it was, it's just crazy to me. And it, and it didn't sound, it sounded powerful, sounded strong. Cause a lot of times when you layer loops, it thins everything out. Some, some one loop will kind of like, do something like oscillate with the other and it just kind of like now you can't get that strong mix anymore there's so many pieces that people don't understand to what they did and i don't i still to this day don't know how they did it and their their production is a marvel to me so i agree with you like yeah. their production is crazy but see like all of these great things that we had before us and i can understand even from us from our time is what inspires other people to do what they want to do Cause looking at it and I'm like, yo, you know, when I first met Hank, I was Marvel. Like I seen Elvis. See, so I had the same feeling. All right, good. I don't feel so, crazy. I feel looking at it, he's like, yeah, man, you make some dope beats. I'm like, I make dope beats. And I told him, I said, do you know who you are? He's like, yeah, I know who I am. I was like, yo, <laughs> the, y'all make us want to do what we do. And yeah. look at it like when they say birth of a nation, like they need to make an album called birth of a nation. You know, old to PE, because looking at it, it's like, yo, if if people want to admit it or not, Chuck and Hank and them, they gave us teachings also. Because when you look yeah. at what, what, what Chuck is reciting in his in his raps, like mm-hmm. I say for him to rap about things, it's like social social things is going on and yeah, it makes it cool. Cause you're like, oh wow, you know, like even fight the power. Mm-hmm. And I remember my um my youngest son. I used to play it, and it's like he would he would be singing it. And I'm like, dude, this is way ahead of your time, <laughs> way before your time. But it's like that's how powerful the music is, and it's like, will there ever be another group of people or, or someone who can have that much power? I don't know. But looking at it for them, like I just deem it as necessary. I think of a lot a lot of us in the right place, at the right time, and yeah. for the universe, the universe has put us there to make this global powerhouse of music to, to be a part of it. So if you had a glass bowl and you had all the things that made hip hop and we all are in there and you could point out everyone who made it great so the world can enjoy it, it would be such an achievement because it's look, everyone has their role that they're playing. And it's like, I look at it too. And like, even like when I said I was watching BT and I seen the Cash Money Rough Riders thing, I didn't even know the tour was that hectic. But I look and it's like, like I say, for, for DMX, DMX, and it's like, I always felt he was a gift to the people. Because when he came out, yeah. he wasn't flashy or nothing. He just talked about his pain. 
and he would get on stage and he would he would ask God why did he choose him? You know, but you gotta choose somebody. It's like yeah. I think for him his soul was pure enough where where it's like he has, you know, he's he's giving himself to the people. And that's what it is. Honestly, it's like he he gave himself to them. And it's like and his honesty and him was revolutionary, really. At that at that moment, you you'd never ever seen uh someone who was who was also a a, a thug who was from the street and who actually was like completely honest about his struggle, his pain, to the point where like on on one of the songs I did with him, they had to bleep out a certain word, not because it was a curse, but because it it was him admitting that, you know, he had he had this addiction and and uh they didn't want that said like, you know, to everybody. Yeah. Cuz at the time, I don't know if it was like common knowledge. And um you know, he was just real, you know, and and I think people identified with that to this to this day, I mean, you know, he resonates with people who weren't alive for that generation. He still resonates. Some of his music, um, it still speaks to people, you know, and that's, that, and that's true artist, you know, yeah, that is a true, a true artist. And looking at it, like I say, man, if he, he, he had it and that it he had is, is like, they always say it's a God given talent, but it's a talent that's given to you because you have a higher calling. His calling is, and it's like I can probably promise you, I don't know this, but I guarantee you, like his music has touched a lot, has touched a lot of people's lives, for sure, one way or another. So looking at it, I'm pretty sure that he's got that. And, you know, for him to get on stage and be like, "God, why did you choose me?" That humbleness to be like, "You gave me this gift," where it's like I can sell, yeah, we touch four million people at a time with the records, four to five, and, and he touched a lot of people. I mean, I could tell you just. A, a brief story, just me uh, going to the mall with him once. Only time I ever hung out with him because he drives crazy. Like I would never go driving with him again. Like <laughs> after that day, he like he literally like he drives like a maniac. At least that day. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing this again. But anyway, he you know we went to the mall and we're just like walking around, and people like at at that time would just come up to him, and like. Uh, the the song I one of the songs I did with him slipping, yeah, and um, they would literally come up to him about that song, and they would just like give him a hug, almost in tears, like you don't know what that did. And then when I was with him that day, he would go, "He's the guy who produced it," and then they would come and hug me, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh shit, but it's amazing!" How that record is. That was it on was the amazing. second album, right? That's on the second, yeah, the second. Yeah. The, yep, that record me. there. And I ain't gonna lie, when I heard it, yo, that is a that song is a testament. And listen to what he said. Like I know the music speaks to him, and it's like you can tell us. I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. I'm so yo, right there, right. There. And what he's saying is like it's a lot of people who feel like that, and that feeling is an overwhelming feeling. And it's like for him, like I say, the music for some people that we make is therapy, and we don't know that when we're making it, who is going to touch. And no, and. To hear that, the first time I heard that, I was like, yo. When I first heard, when I cracked the album open, I heard it, I said, this needs to be the single. You know, Swish It was the first single, but then it's like, in time, it was a single. And I was like, yo, this song is crazy powerful. I don't know who picked it as a single, but it was a genius move because it definitely talked to people and it showed people another side of X, you know? Yeah. And it surprised me, too, because I, I that was the first time I went and worked with, 
with the, the you know, with everybody after being signed. I had been around a lot, but I had never actually was able to actually work with, with him. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that surprised me because I had all these wild beats on there, you know, because he's ex. Yeah. So I had like these really like dramatic, wild joints. And and uh, then he, he picked that one. And, you know, like like you said about all great artists, he actually, everything was one take. It was amazing. Well, I, 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 I feel like it spoke to him. Yeah. I, like, he looked at me and he said, he said, he just looked at me. He said, lay that. And I was like, you know what that, you know, for a producer, that's like, all right, mission accomplished. <laughs> you know, he said, lay it. I started laid it immediately. And and next thing you know, he just went through it. And, and uh, it, it was, it was amazing because you felt it. Like as he did it, he went through it. One take doubles ads chorus the only thing we had to do separately was just get uh someone saying you know some backgrounds in the chorus yeah but that song was done in like you know in in, in i don't know in, in an hour maybe you know but his part was done as long as it took to do it he didn't repeat he didn't do anything twice it was like a special moment yo every i think everyone has those and it's like he's like you know like the jim morrison of our time like look at it like those who got to work with him, it's like you have to appreciate it because it was a special time. Like people be like, yo, you work with Jay-Z, yeah, that's cool. But when you get the person who's the people's person, I believe the ex, like I say, I, some artists are just gifts for the people. Like the universe puts them there for that purpose. There's a lot of people who need your help. Like I know you had it bad, but when you tell your story, it's gonna help heal other people. Like I've seen yeah. tapes and everything. People see DMX, and they break down and they start crying, bawling, hugging them, and I'm like, "Wow, that's that's powerful." Yeah, it blew me away the first time I witnessed that, and this was, you know, like at his at his peak. I could, I, I didn't. I mean, you know, I, I know. I mean, he's selling records and everything. But when you, when you hang, at that time when I just walked through the mall with him, yeah, it it was like unbelievable. Like it wasn't like normal, like how people would. You know, normally, like if someone sees like uh, an artist or something, like oh, so and so, oh, can, you, can I like, take? Yeah, like hey, wow, that's so and so. Oh, yo, you know, I love your stuff. Blah blah blah. It it wasn't that conversation. I've seen that a million times. It was like, it was like you said. It was like, ah, oh my god, you don't know what your music's done. For. Like it was, it was like a, a spiritual thing. Like they they connected with him in a in a deeper way than than you know, just like admiring his ability or how good he was or how great the song was it was mm-hmm. beyond that it was like he he connected with people like in in a way On that a was spiritual yeah it was yeah spiritually that's, like that's the spiritual only way too. and for him to connect with people he don't see it because when, when they on the tour it's like and they talk about it and he's like yo god why you give me this gift yeah you know like yo you have this gift because i just think like You've been through your own things and had your own demons and other people have theirs. And sometimes you need someone that you can relate to to help to help you open your eyes and see what you have or who you are to get you on a different track. Like Harlem Music Hut, Manhattan. Wow. I see this lady, she did it to DMX right there. Like she's like, oh, yo, she broke down and she cried. You know? Is, is that place still there? Nah, it's, it's something else now, but Wow, that's that, 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 that place! Oh my God, that place! Yeah. yeah, I used to I used to go there to to put my mixtapes in the store. That was the spot. We all had our mixtapes in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the spot. 
that was the spot, man. But that journey, the mixtape era and everything, and, and to us making beats and you know producing, it was like that music journey is probably one of the greatest journeys that someone in our generation can experience. Because to go from one to another, and it's like you're just climbing up this ladder, and it's like you're going to different chambers, like the Bulls say. Now mm -hmm. you're in a chamber where you need to be. You got hit records, and it's like you have music that's touching people that moves them. That shows like on your journey, even DJ, you had a you had a purpose and a higher calling, but you just didn't know what it was yet. And I think a lot of us who's experienced that to look and it's like, I don't think it's like nowadays, I don't think like having these big records are a fluke. I think it was meant to be. You know, like one record I produced, Faith Record, I love you. Um, I seen all type of people would be like, yo, you know, that was our song and our wedding. You know, I, I nah. heard that song when I, you know, when I first when I first took my wife out on the date, you know, that was our song. And it's like they would say all these wonderful things. It's like but being old enough to think about it, like, yo, you know, the universe was the universe designed this journey for a reason. Like good or bad. Like we go through good things, we go through bad things, but the one Yeah, even even the bad end up being like like the thing I'm writing, I'm writing it, you know, putting down my story kind of. And it's called the the gift wrapped up in a nightmare. Oh, that sounds like a movie. So that's yeah. but that's the idea. It's what you're saying. Like it's even if you go through these difficulties, even if you go, it's it's a gift. It's just wrapped up in these difficulties, and 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 you find it, you know. And that, and just jumping off of what you're saying. Yeah, but you're so right because I look at it, and sometimes like being a producer, we like you see everybody having super hit records. And you're waiting on your turn. And then it's like your turn always gets passed up. And then it's like when you do get it, you're like, wow, you know. But these records that, you know, they become that gift. You start meeting people and they tell you the stories that they tell the artists. Like even for someone to be in love like that, it's like you make a record and it touch so many people in a certain way. That's like, you know, there's marriage, you know, family, etc. I think, yo, you know. Those are gifts, like, and we were put here to bring these gifts to people, even slipping. Like I say, that hearing when I heard the song, I was like, "Yo, that's it's such a powerful song," you know. So I was like, "Yo," and I'm not gonna lie, it's like, when I listened to the album, I was like, "Yo, this is like the best song on the album," because the way it comes in and the way the music feels, and then what he's saying and how he's like, you can you can hear it. I'm yeah, like, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Thank you. That yeah, that was that was uh I made that during the difficult time, tell you the truth. It was it was four years old when I played it for him. Yeah. I made it, yeah, like I made it at a at like at a rough, you know, moment when I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my life. And I was at that, you know, those early twenties. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, you know, when I actually no, I was probably like, yeah, maybe nineteen, twenty, something like that. And I was trying to figure things out and it, I was feeling like, you know, real down. And uh I was I was actually digging through that album uh, with, with Grover Washington because yeah. uh, because I loved you know um, how many MCs yeah and I was and I was like I'm gonna steal those drums and try to you know use them use them my own way so <laughs> I was pulling them right off of, off of him and then you I found Moonlighting and you know Moonlight and you know Grover Washington's the other the other track that I sampled for Slipping so I actually used the drums from Hydra on Slipping and then I sampled you know moonstreams 
And uh, the, the feeling was just crazy to me. It was therapeutic. And uh, I never expected that to happen. And like you, you know, with, with that song, that record with Faith, it's like those records end up being more, more even whether sales or whatever, or those records end up being like special, you know, like more special than anything, because what's cooler than that? Like, you know, someone telling you that's the, that's the song they played at their wedding. What's more amazing than that, really? I mean, that's huge. That's their, the big one of the biggest days of their life. And then they, they put your record on. And That's they did it, and they like even tell me that they shared that with me. So I yeah. look, man, like sometimes, like even though other people might have some things that may seem like, oh, you know, I had twenty Billboard records as number one, but the, when you can have a moment in someone's life that you don't know, and they share that experience with you, I think that's incredible, also. Yeah, and that, that's very encouraging too to like anybody who's watching, like whatever it is you do, whether it's music or not or anything. Um, if you do it long enough, the odds are, and you're following your path, that you're going to do something that is going to make a real impact on somebody. And um, listen, man, we, we've had a great talk. We're, we're at about an hour now. I don't want to keep you too, 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 too long. Man, but um, It's a blessing, Shot, and it's always good catching up with people. I haven't, you with, I haven't spoken to you in a minute, but I, I look at it, and it's always big, big respect, and it's always love. But I think that that's, those are the things that make the journey and the camaraderie with people exciting and it's worth it. And yeah. it's like I always look at even when we spoke about Buster the same way. Buster will call me and be like, yo, where you been? You need to be out. It's all these people you need to work for. And it's like, they're not seeing you. You need to come out. When I go out, I'm, call I'm calling you. There you go. <laughs> and that, and, that, and you used to, I used to see you ever. Just, just man, <laughs> everywhere, like we were saying before we started, like, I would bump into you so much or, or I'd just been somewhere and then and then they were like, yeah, Buck was just here. And and I mean, that, that was the grind, man. Just it's yeah. a beautiful thing, man. It's like to look at it. The gift of music is one of the most beautiful things that we could have. And, uh, and the other thing to me, I think, is fatherhood. So these things that, that, that we are blessed with, you know, the camaraderie, like music has, has helped me meet so many incredible people. And like I said, I look, man, it's like, yo, it's all love. It's all a fun big blessing for me, and I keep it to heart. And someone says, Buckwild, we need new material, but I just want you guys to know he's got plenty of new material. I think you just... And more to come. Yeah, you just, wait, you just dropped a pretty... Like, what was that? How long ago you just dropped something? That was very recent. Um, after after Hip Hop is My Religion. You uh, got something else. Oh, Rashid Chappelle. Yeah, so you got that. And hip hop and his religion is not old. Music is my religion. Before that, um, what's the name of this album? Like I've been working so much. I have an album with Flea Lord, you know, from last year. But even this year, there's a whole lot more to come. So even yeah. if you have the Instagram there, Buckwild underscore DITC, follow me. There'll be a lot of things to come. And it's like right now, this is why I do it too. I do it for people, so the people who are still like fans and enjoy music. If I could do it, like, it's my gift to you guys. It's not on a major way in the pandemic. We can't walk to our favorite store, buy music. We can't go outside, listen to music. But, you know, that's my gift. If it can help you get through it, it's like I've seen people tell me that too. Yeah, you put out like three, four albums. This is early in the pandemic. They'd be like, yo, these help me get through it. And I was like, yo, that's the greatest compliment you can tell someone, you know? Yeah. And if it's helping people, I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. No. Amen. Well, thank you for coming yeah. up, man. Yeah, I appreciate it.
We'll, Appreciate we'll, you. Too. All right. Don't hang up yet, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it and then just kick it real quick. All right. Thanks cool. everybody for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. All right.